1: You're listening to After Moral, broadcasting from the beautiful South Byrne. Set no sun
2: London calling, dear listeners. Welcome to the London Derby here in uh, a, a grey, overcast evening, South Bermondsey. My name is Nick Hart. You are, of course, listening to Acton Millwall. It's a sparsely populated den at the moment. We're about eight or nine minutes short of kick-off. Um, good Fulham turnout for this this uh, Fulham fixture. Apparently they've sold out the upper tier, and I can't see the lower tier from where I'm standing. Apparently it is open for them tonight. Um, the, the Millwall stand at the moment not so much this game is going out live on um, Sky TV so who knows what kind of crowd we'll get tonight we've got about 12-13 thousand on Saturday which was um, largely a, a kind of a wasted atmosphere I felt given the fact we've got ourselves in front as we've done twice in a row now we've got ourselves in front and then gave away a lead so who knows what kind of turnout we're going to get tonight the team news for you dear listeners Forgive me whilst I consult my iPhone. Um, two changes for the team tonight. Ryan Leonard comes into the side, Marlon Romeo joins him. So we've got Bielkowski, uh, backline of uh, Murray Wallace, Jake Cooper, and Daniel Ballard. Impressive boy on Saturday. Uh, either side of them, we'll have Mark Marlon and Scott Malone. In the middle, uh, Michael Kifton Belds, Ryan Leonard, George Savile. Uh, up front will be Benny Kafobe and Jed Wallace. Our opponents tonight, Fulham, apparently, according to Jake Sanders, straight out the Jake, have 400 Premier League appearances between their starting 11. So um, it's going to be some task tonight. They had a good win away at Huddersfield on Saturday, 5 1, if memory serves. And they're kind of bogey opponents for us, Rather. I mean, they're obviously biggest game I can remember in recent years was that, not quite playoff, but end of season game about three or four years ago now, versus Fulham under Neil Harris. 3-0 it finished after an absolutely cataclysmic first half. Tonight won't be quite as apocalyptic as that. And we await the entry of the the Gladiators. The crowd needs some spark, it needs some fire. We didn't really get much of that on Saturday. For the most part, it was a fairly drab game, in all honesty, and really frustrating twice in a row to get ourselves in front and then give up that lead for, through soft circumstances, both times. QPR and, and uh, at home to Blackburn. Here come the two teams. Fulham in white and black shorts. The Lions, of course, of course, in their traditional blue shirts, white shorts. Tune in to Mick and Neil's History Hour. Coming soon, very, very soon, we've got a fascinating interview with JC Green, daughter of Roy Green, composer of this wonderful, wonderful song. The song that we sing fortnightly, weekly, as, as whether you go home or away. Words we all know. be coming up at the end of the week. Tonight's game, of course, going out on Sky TV. I half-toyed with staying at home. Can I confess my sins to you, dear listener? You won't tell anyone, will you? I half-toyed with staying at home, watching it on the telly, having an easy night. But yeah, the, the, the angel's voice and the devil's voice. The angel's voice said no you've had a year and a half of no football, Nick. Get yourself up and out of the house through that bloody revive tunnel and over to Birmingham." city So here I am. Away we go, Fulham attacking the cold blow lane end in the first half. In accordance with English common law since the days of the venerable bead in Jarrow Monastery. Early tackle won there by Michael Bell Breaks George Savile. He's got base. Savile takes a shot. He's blocked inside the first 20 seconds. Funny club, Fulham. Funny club. Richard Osman off of um, what's the, the lunch tea time show can't remember the name of it what's it called him he's a Fulham fan let that speak volumes thinness. not Countdown is it what's the one on BBC called Alexander what's his face was in it I can't remember down the left for Fulham, the 28, surging into the penalty area, Would he get the ball back? He 1-0 Fulham, Mitrovic, in close range, surging, run down the left, simple ball into, into the near post and he slams it over 1-0, that's a poor start, two minutes on the clock. Fulham looking to break again on five minutes, coming down the left again to where they found success in the goal. Cutting inside again, 25. Just on the edge of the of the uh, middle D. Seven brings, brings it in from right. That's gone over the heads of all concerned. That should run out for a throw-in. No, he keeps it in. That's well run down by the Fulham forward. Then another ball into the mix. That's headed clear by by Jake Cooper. Lines under a bit of a bit of a clash at the moment. I put out a thank you uh, message to fans who assisted with a steward on Saturday. I missed this entirely. Families family's downstairs from me in blocks one and two. This is a seven on the road forward. This is the 28 now. That's another 2-0. Being torn apart there. This is seven minutes. This could get embarrassing. 28 um, put through in, inside the, uh, the six-yard box. He fires home with a plomb. 0-0. Fulham two. Eight minutes. Speed, movement up front, very, very quick, very fast, and ruthless finishing. you will take your hat off to that. Lions, by contrast, have not got going. I mean, I don't know how else you can you can put it. You'll be seeing all this on the sky, so you probably won't want to listen to this. But um, we just haven't. Um, with energies, for sure, but no no finesse, and, and Fulham are combining physicality with finesse. So that's a very hard combination to deal with, dear listeners, isn't it? And here comes Fulham on the left. If they go three up this game over, in my opinion, might as well go home, might as well go back and watch Holmes under the hammer or something. Ball into the boxes, cleared. Panicky, panicky defence! Throwing, Fulham, Come towards the left of the minutes. Jed Wallace releases Scott Malone, ball through. This is Bennett Lafoba into the penalty area. He checks, he finds Jed again on the right. Jed's got Scott Malone overlapping the balls into a white shirt. Again, back in numbers, and we're not beating them, dear listeners. Fulham doing their uh, sub-Barcelona knock-around style ball down there, Murray Wallace puts his head in where it could potentially hurt, it goes concede a throw-in 22 minutes, it's been a whirlwind from the Fulham perspective since the start of the game, Lions have been largely second best, we've shown very little going forwards next to nothing that's a long ball Falls towards Benecafobe headed clear Um, and the white shirts are getting a lot of the ball, that's a great tackle by and Belt now get the crowd into it going to go for a throw-in um, yeah, but 2-0 down and a mountain in front of us at the moment, it feels like. We've shown nothing so far in this opening quarter, dear listeners. And the quality of Mills passing forwards has been second best to be frank. Fulham by contrast looked very very sharp. Here comes a two down the down the right side. That's quite up for a throwing. 26 minutes. Rally, <laughs> Jake launches it a diagonal ball again. It's put into touch. Are we becoming a tad predictable, listeners? What do you think? I fear we may be. Ball centre. This is Jed Wallace. Ryan Leonard over hits it. Over hits it. Not clicking. Not working. Not happening. Bad night in Bermondsey, dear listeners.
3: Savile,
2: dispossessed. How many times have I said that? 28 on the break. If this goes free, this this should be good night, Viannetta. 17, 3-0. No, I thought for all the world that had gone in there, he's put it wide. Wow, I thought for all the world that had gone in the net, I apologise, except my, my apologies for that, I thought they had gone in the net, went behind the net, wow. Lions dodge a bullet there, how did he miss that? He wouldn't want to do it, but I do think that Danny Mack will have to come in in the second half, Marlon is having a mare, as much as I don't like to say it. Chance to draw some breath, um, what do we make of this? I mean Mill been second best, I don't think we need to labour that point. Trying to think of ways back into the game. We we need some we need some drive. We need to um, we need some artistry. Some someone that can hold the ball and keep it for more than a second. And we, we need just the quality of our passing coming forwards needs to improve. I find that song uh, chant laughable. Your shit are. What the fuck is that all about? I'm getting miserable, dear listeners, and I it's some big This is Marlon Romeo on the on the right. <clears throat> mill was straining my bonhomie, my affable nature. Marlon on the right. If ever he needs something successful to come out of this half, a man, if ever a man needs a bit of success, he does. Oh, that's a poor ball. Pass straight into touch across the mill back line. Oh, my word every time Mill put the ball forwards by any means it seems to run straight into a white shirted uh, midfielder or defender I don't know if people are fighting for home they seem to be uh, numbers as seven on the right side ball across the box that should be cleared by Ryan it seems a bit early to be going home I've seen a bunch of boats leaving earlier on another guy's just gone out now with the, uh, the air of a man intent on catching the bus Paul oh, Paul oh, oh, Malone passing straight out of the play into touch. This is awful. Fulham on the break now. This is the 28 from the edge of the penalty area. Oh, shot wide, shot wide. It's probably be the last action of the of what's been a, a horrendous first half from the Mill point of view. It has capacity to get even more horrendous with this this corner. So we'll stick with it before I. Pass any uh, judgment. It's a seven going to take on the right. balls into the middle. That's headed up and away by Jake Cooper. There's the half time whistle. You can hear the uh, the crowd's reaction. That was a truly awful, awful half of football by Millwall. Um, second best in every department. I don't know how else we can we can put that. You have seen it on the sky You have seen it by the time this goes out. On the um, you know the highlight reels and all the rest of it, it's very hard to um, know where we go from here. I think Marlon's got to change. I think um, McNamara will come in midfield. I don't know. I'd like to see we need we don't have any threat going forwards. If we're going to hit it long, then you might as well have the big man up front. McFobry's um, not had anything to work with. I don't know. Um Hard to see where we go with this at half time. Certainly the worst half of football I've seen at Millwall um, since pre pre-COVID days. That doesn't mean much because we haven't been here it? Anyway, back after the break.
4: Achtung, Mehlball
2: got a few half-time tweets, dear listeners. Dan Brown says, I don't know what we do in training, but we can't pass the ball five fucking yards, says Dan. That's verbatim, that's sick as written. Apologies if you were offended by any language. Um, Paul Llewellyn's asking, Romeo Stein over McNamara, I've got to agree with you, Paul. Um, He's been pulled, the whole defence has been pulled apart for those opening two goals, down the flanks, not sure about that one, says Paul. Appalling, says Charlie fryker He doesn't give a, a hoot. He said something, more, something else about their resources. It's been appalling, says says Charlie. Michael Avery, who we'll be talking to tomorrow, I hope, half-time thoughts, he says, we have two holding midfielders who are naturally defensive, two wing-backs who are naturally, def- naturally defenders, and three centre-backs. So why is Jed and Savile having to drop deep to get the ball? Um, good question, Michael. I think when we do get the ball, we've been absolutely um, awful. Very, very poor. All the way from Sweden, one, uh, Doug is wondering how Rowett's going to pass this one off. Marlon for fuck's sake, that's awful, could be four or five. Fulham are taking it easy now, we just don't look dangerous. All those calling for Leonard have their answer why he wasn't playing and he isn't the worst out there, says so Doug in Sweden. And Merv Payne is asking he's checking whether it's some sort of player protest. Like the 0-6 at home to Rotherham in 2002. Some of the younger listeners, I, I, I do like to presume we have the younger listeners, won't remember that. I call it a conceit that we have, we have younger listeners, dear listeners. We don't, mostly it's blokes aged 40-odd onwards. Marlon Romeo replaced by Matt Smith at half-time, dear listeners. Desperate times calling for desperate measures, clearly. Where we go? Looks like Leonard's playing on the right, in the right-back position. 17 down in front of me. It's balled into the box. That's a great stop by Bob Bart. That's another great stop by Bart from close range. Ball in from uh, the, the, the left side. Hit hard by Mitrovic. Slammed away by Bart, who then um, beat off the, the rebound. That would have been game set and match. That had gone in, dear listeners. Ball on me own in the in the block. No one around me. they have got a bloke sat right in front of me really weird unsettling this bloke right in front of me it's a bit like when you're on holiday and you're on a, a sunbed and there's loads around and someone chooses to sit right next to you. You, did you does that bother you or is it just me I think it might be just me I mean, get out of my space I have no reason it's irrational poor mm, inside the box follow at the ball it, that should be it's cleared after a fashion that should be 3-0. Lions dodge another bullet. It's coming back at us again, unfortunately. Down the left this side. Lyons doing a better job of pressing away. So that was another bullet dodged there, dear listeners. 56 minutes. This is uh, Ryan Leonard with a long throw. That's bouncing around. Shot wide by Jed Wallace. Uh, Took-and-turned move. It was a wayward, wayward wide shot. 59 minutes. It's been a better start to the second half, dear listeners. But that was our first shot on goal there, And that was um, worldwide. But we do at least look a little bit more cohesive. Our problem is that one more goal and we're probably down and out completely. If we're not down and out already, nobody loves you when you're down and out. Did you know that? It's been a better second half, marginally bit more structure and a bit more commitment about this 4-4-2, but so far the only chances we've created have been those two wayward shots. First hint of something like a bit of Millwall pressure in the whole game, that's humped forward, it's going to be Scott Malone overlapping on the left, that will pick up what was a poor cross in truth, he tries to uh, bamboozle the pull and defend but he was equal to the task, so they get possession and clear it. tackle Kiefton-Belt, he stood out for me tonight Kiefton-Belt, the determination in his in his tackle, on a, night, on a night where there aren't many positives, I think Michael Kiefton-Belt has been a positive for me tonight 86 minutes this is Jake Cooper I think a, a punt in, it is a punt in towards Big Matt headed back from, from Matt Smith off of the head of Benning of it's 2-1 Brings Eternal, dear listeners. I'd like to see that again. It was a long ball in from the uh, the left side, headed back across goal, and it seemed to hit a phobe without too much premeditation. But I will take it. A two-one Fulham. There's a final whistle. Uh, it's got to be said that for 95% of the game, we were completely um, second best. A um, little bit of spirit and a flurry at the end after the goal, which came rather, I don't want to say fortunately, but anyway, it was put away where it was a goal. Um, overall, that was a long, long way short of good enough. Um, we'll be right back after these messages, dear listeners. That's all I want to say at the moment
1: Well, Tuesday's game wasn't a pretty one to watch for Millwall fans. Um, probably the the most one-sided 2-1 you'll ever see. Millwall were really lucky to come away with that. Losing by one goal, it could easily have been 4-5 or 6 on another day, um, even by 50 or 60 minutes. Um, it's, it's a worrying game for Millwall, I think, in some ways. Rowett said after the game, you know, he's disappointed to see players not not tr- not, not trying, but, you know the lack of effort and the lack of desire really to, to win. We were just completely outclassed, second to everything and really, really sloppy with the passing and movement. Um, not what you'd expect to see maybe three games into the season at home against a a big side. Obviously, you know, you, you could point to the squads and, you know, Fulham have got nearly £50 million worth of players not in the squad that game, but a starting eleven worth over £100 million. And that's the reality of what Millwall are competing with. And it's a bit of a... A harsh reality but at the end of the day they're two teams in the same league that you would hope we could be competitive against um overall you know mill will need to get a win under their belt soon you don't really want to go winless much further into the season i do think it is a matter of time until it comes but this game is a, a bit of a wake-up call for the side really lacking in in midfield very defensive midfield performance no kind of forward thinking savile doesn't doesn't look quite there yet. Hopefully he will find his feet because he he should be a big player for us this season. Um, on a slight positive, I guess I thought Daniel Ballard looked really, really good again. Throwing himself into challenges, really battling. You know, unlucky not to kind of get Mitrovic sent off at one point. Hopefully he he looks like someone who's going to have a big season for us and I think Millwall fans are going to really like him, how he plays and he looks like he he gets it, what it is to be a Millwall player. Benicophobia as well getting his first goal he looks so frustrated at times and I don't blame him but really good for him to get off the mark and and very nearly got a second to rob a a point but wasn't to be in the end we definitely need some players coming in obviously we have to get rid of some first which is going to be the the biggest challenge you look at the bench the subs that came on it just doesn't it doesn't impact you know if a game's not going our way we have nothing that we can do to to change the tide so We need some different options and hopefully that can be addressed before the transfer window closes. But hopefully this is just a blip against a a very strong Fulham side. But a win's on the way, a win's on the way, hopefully away at Cardiff this weekend. So uh, come on you Lions and trust the process. Hello Nick,
6: my take on last night. um, I agree with your comments that we were poor. Rowett's tactics and selection was poor, uh, but I mean Fulham... They're on a different level to us. You know, the, the yo-yo in between the Premiership and the Championship, is, you know, gives you a lot of money and you can see that in their side. Power, pace, everything I'd love to see from a Millwall team, but no, uh, it could have been six or seven. Rowett obviously changed it up at half time uh, We went four-four-two, and I thought that was, you know, we were slightly better in the second half and I, I, I would like them play 4-4-2 on Saturday at Cardiff but I don't suppose he will. I think Smith will get dropped and we'll be back to his uh, 5-3-2. I don't know how much longer he can continue with these tactics because I I don't think the crowd's going to put up with it for much longer to be honest and I think if we lose Saturday and then you're going into the Blackpool game and and we get these negative tactics and no creativity, and uh, I think the crowd will turn. Uh, Honourable mentions last night, I thought to Dan Ballard, uh, Jake Cooper, and Murray Wallace. I know he got a bit of a torrid time from the uh, the Fulham winger, but he never gives up Murray. Car- you know, trying and running down the wing at the end. Um, yeah, so I think them three can emerge with credit, especially Ballard, who... Does look a class act. Anyway, let's go to Cardiff and Saturday and hopefully we can, you know, start the season, get our first win. Uh, come on, you Lions.
7: Yeah, good morning. Um, I'm not going to rant about last night's performance. just like to ask the question, what do the coaching staff actually do to appraise the opposition? Surely knowing that Fulham played with wide players and like to get in behind you, you wouldn't play with two wing-backs to lead that amount of space down the sides. I just find it ridiculous that in this day and age, we don't have coaching staff who can coach the team in basic principles of defending and not allowing team space. And if a man runs past you, don't look around for someone to go with him. Do it your bloody self. It's part of defending. It's part of being a team player. Do the basics and perhaps we might start getting results. Thank you. Where do I start? Fast asleep for the first half, pretty much. Our decision-making throughout was incredibly irritating. Marlon Romeo is just digging himself a hole after that performance. The defence just on, and the midfield on their heels the whole time, while Fulham just thought, oh, seeing as they're not really moving, we're just going to go run at them. And there you go, 2-0 up. And that's pretty much the game. Uh, we, nice to see a little bit of fight towards the end, but it's too, too late. too would have been cool if shit to have a draw, though. Uh, but also, shout-out to the absolute mong in the away end who was basically doing a 14 on Sky, showing that he was trying to slit his throat at people. Um, <laughs> well hard with his mate who looked like he was dressed in the Henry Regatta. We've got a bloody nose after that, but it could have been a lot worse. Could have had a minus 5 goal difference after this game so uh, yeah just roll our up for the next game against Cardiff and just move on it's just enough it's just one game out of the way against Fulham where it could have easily been very embarrassing oh hang on no it was a little bit just the scoreline wasn't come on you Lions
3: Morning Nick it's 6 o'clock in the morning after the uh, night before I'm just waiting to see that uh, I didn't see everything so bad as uh, a lot of people last night I think the goals we gave away were were they followed some really sloppy passes from, I think, one from Romeo and one from Savile but as for the rest of it, Fulham were way ahead shoulders above above what we were putting out, and if they don't go back to the Premier League, there's something wrong. Um, I, I do think that our lads really put a shift in. I mean, I don't know where Jed went, I don't know where Savile went most of the time, um, but the rest of them, I thought, really were well, their bollocks off to, to, stay, well, to stay in the game, but Overall, um, I'm still glass half full, I think, with all that, because I think Fulham will run away with this league if that's the sort of quality they're going to put out every game. And we'll compete. I thought we compete as well. We just didn't have the quality in various areas. Great to see Afobi get his goal, though, so I think that could be the uh, turning point for him, and I thought he played very well when you consider he's left on his own. All right, mate, well, just a quick message. I, I, I don't want everybody to get down on the players and everything because I
8: think we've still got a lot to offer. Good luck, the Lions. Cheers, bud. Well, good afternoon, dear listeners. Well, that was not what the doctor ordered at all last night. After reflecting last night on the game, I thought that Gary Rowett got it wrong. Um, That's easy to say now. Some people may say, but I I thought it was wrong. We had been quite defensively solid, although we conceded two goals in the previous two games. I've been quite solid with the back five with danny mack uh with danny mack obviously at right back um and evans sitting and holding um although he slows the play down obviously it's like he's there with kitten to play as a defense like another defensive midfielder we decide to change that and within eight minutes we're two nil down and the game's over now let's not take anything away from fulham i don't like fulham as a club I think they are a complete wanky bunch of cunts, but they played good football. Mitch Rich was playing up as usual that he does, being Mitch Rich. That's why he's such a good player at this level. All the dark arts on show, it's probably lucky to still be on the pitch. But when you're that kind of player who plays on the edge and he gets away with it, you know, that's why he scores. He scores goals as well. Let's not take anything away from it. It's a shame that he's never been our player because I think he'd suit us very well. Uh, very well. But back to Millwall, you know, just feel like I don't know. Do the players really believe in this? They look bereft of confidence. Um I think Romeo was hung out to dry last night. He was bad. And I'm not going to turn around and defend the fact that he was bad. But to bring him in when he's played so little football against a side that uses the wings with pace, power, good running that Fulham do, I think... uh, I don't know what's going on with that decision. We've got a million and one midfielders. And none of the, the three that he picked in the beginning didn't stop Fulham. And... When we changed the formation, um, went for four at back. He still didn't play Danny Mac. He left Leonard at right back. Um, and, yeah, we were still bad. We still could have been, you know, six, seven, eight, one down at the end. Um, it was disappointing. It was just very un wall, And I can't remember the last time that I saw a Millwall performance. The last Millwall performance... Definitely from a Gary Rowett side was away at Forest, um, and back before the pandemic, and that team seemed to be riding the crest of a wave. seemed to have belief, seemed to believe in the system. The system we played was slightly different, but this team lacks millwallness. that in, you know, and some people will say that's a good thing, but I feel like the leaders have gone. There are, there's no Millwall leader. Yeah, yeah, you know, Rout, we'll talk about Pierce, but it's a Viking hand clapping to sit on the bench as a patriotic mascot. It's bollocks, you know. We get Tank back and we'll stick him in the squad, shall we? Because that, you know, an eco-random rave, that's all it'll be. It's just very, I don't know it's very weird at the moment it's like a transition it can't be another transition season yet it feels like another transition season um we all know what the flaws are with the squad bart kept us in the game the the fact that leonard's playing it right back when you've got danny mack on the bench and brad you know the substitutions yes he gets the smith one right but that's all he could do anyway um and we still played wallace you know wallace was everywhere and nowhere last night. It wasn't a great game for Wallace. I don't know where he was meant to go or where to be. It's up to Gary Rowick to get these things right. They were knackered by sort of 70 minutes because they have been running without the ball for so long. And yeah, I don't think Fulham was the game that we should tactically open up. But take your hats off to Fulham. They'll win the league. I mean, playing like that, they definitely will. Yeah, probably a, probably. don't a know of how far off it we are. Don't want to hit the panic stations, but it's not good, is it? It's not looking good. You know, it's another hard game Saturday. You know, if we don't, if we get beat there, that's two points from four. That's not great.
6: Achtung, meanwhile.
2: Welcome back after the break, dear listeners. Joining me in the post-match chewing of the cud, the post-match analysis is Radio Five Star, Mr. Aaron Paul. Welcome, Aaron.
5: All right, Nick. All right.
2: All right. And MSC star Mr. Michael Avery, how are you doing, Michael?
5: It's
4: never dull being a Millwall fan, is it?
2: Well, this is this is one of my opening points, chaps. I mean, is it too soon in the season to be declaring a crisis at Millwall? Is is is, is last night's shellacking by Fulham two one? It should have been much much more, in my humble opinion. Was was a bit of a wake up call. Um, you know, I, I was criticised online by people responding to me, um, calling it a very, very poor performance, which I believe it was. Um, and a lot of people were kind of um, drawing attention to the, you know, disparity in resources available to Fulham as against Millwall. And, and I know all of that. And I probably wouldn't have expected to have beaten Fulham and, on, a, on, a, on a level playing field. But you can bring other qualities to the table that I thought were, were sadly lacking last night. It was a very, very, very poor Millwall performance generally, and that doesn't, you know, effort and effort and spirit and fight don't cost anything. You, everyone's should be able to bring that to the table. Um, quality, yes, that does. That there, there is a, a price tag attached to that too often in the modern game. But I just thought we were very poor. Um, Aaron, I mean, you're, you're, you're our, you're our neutral. You, you are our, um. You know, our, our, our voice of uh, don't speak perhaps with quite the same um, emotive um, direction that we Millwall fans do. But what did you make of that result? To
5: say, hell.
2: No, no, no. You know what I mean. I mean, you, no you, you're, you're, me. you're a London wide. You're a London wide. Um, well, I,
5: obviously, always, you know, some people won't know that I obviously covered Fulham for like two years. The weight Warriors, as, as uh, <laughs> Harry calls them, which always gives me a bit of a chuckle. Yeah, really disappointed yesterday. Considering how how I, I went to the Fuller Middlesbrough game two two weeks ago, you know, how you saw Neil Warnock's side so battle against them and, and press them hard and, and work hard and that was with I think they played a back three. I think Middlesbrough played a back three that day. You know, Mel just capitulated. There was nothing. No. There was nothing at all until eighty five minutes, eighty six minutes. Like it was yeah. just very, very disappointing on a whole. Very disappointing on a whole and and it it just leads me to the same old thing again. You know, yes they've made some signings, granted, but I I still think this squad is very very light in quality. You know, maybe in numbers they've boosted up a bit, but still there is a, a distinct lack of quality in the squad. And for people who who think and and I've read a lot of pundits and stuff saying this squad should be getting top 10. Mm. Uh, yeah, it lacks goals for top 10.
2: It does. I mean, I think I would have fallen into that trap um, at the start of the season. I think that was wishful thinking to, to some, some degree. I mean, Michael, we we spoke before the game last night in the den, and the the starting eleven on paper didn't look too bad to me. Um, I suppose you could query um, the recall of Marlon Romeo for for Danny Mack, who had done nothing wrong to to warrant that. Um, I mean, if if that was a, if i mean, Ryan Leonard coming into the side as well in place of Jill Jevons, um, otherwise I mean that was pretty much the same the same group that's that's um, started the season off. I I I just felt if you're going to make changes, it must be for some tactical purpose that you know perhaps is hidden from we mortals on on the terraces. But it was very hard to see what those two changes were designed to do because. Fulham overran us. We were one nil down inside two, and was it was it five minutes for the second goal? I can't remember, but we were pulled to pieces and on the flanks particularly. I know they're very good down the flanks, but we just gave nothing.
4: Uh, it was it was awful, awful, absolutely awful. And and I think and I think those the fans who are were who sort of saying about how good Fulham were. Well, yeah, Fulham were good. Fulham were very good, very organised, very efficient. But when you have got players. who who struggle just to play five-yard passes, Nick. When you've got players who can't even trap a ball properly, when you've got players who have the ball at their feet and they're looking up and there is absolutely no one available. I put it on Twitter last night, when you've got three central defenders, two defensive midfielders, two wing-backs who are actually sort of defenders, who were defenders first, who used to play in a four and now they're playing as a five. So what have you got there? Five, six, seven defensive players. And yet Wallace... Savile and Afobe are still having to drop deep and help out or try and pick the ball up and start something off. It was just an awful game, awful game to watch. Fulham, Fulham, I said it as well, Fulham were, they was in second, arguably third gear for the entire game. They could have, they could have easily put six, seven, eight past us easily, but I, I think they chose not to in truth. I think, I generally think there were times in that game where it was like watching a team at training. I really, really do. And we just could not get near them. And and there's a there's an old jokey saying I like to use where, you know, they're so bad at football they wouldn't be able to hit water if they fell out of a boat. And that's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. Nothing was working for us last night, was it? Even Nothing. even the goal bounced stopped the back of the phobie's head, he didn't even know it hit him.
2: No, I mean it was you know, two nil down inside um inside the first ten minutes. I can't remember when the second one was eight, eight minutes was it? Okay. 2 0 two
5: down and you thought, shit, like the floodgates are about to open.
2: I did. I mean, I, but, I said for
5: yeah, so I. I mean, that guy, that guy, like just proper man crush love in there. What a geezer! What a. He
2: made some saves in the well throughout the game, but it's particularly in the first half. I mean, I, I kept saying to myself, if we go three down, it might as well go home. You know, at two 0 you can just about cling to the hope of uh, of a goal and maybe get some get some uh, noise and energy back in the stadium, but. Um, at three 0 if it had gone to that point, then it would have been you know good night Vienna. And uh, I mean, there was a couple of chances. I was thinking there was a break forwards in the first half, and I can't remember what the Fulham player's name it was. It was the seven, I think. It hit the he. he, he I thought we'd scored because it Cavano. Oh, re- Cavano. Oh, yeah, it it must have hit the um, the advertising um, boarding mm-hmm. behind. I thought we'd gone in, and I thought, well, that's it. I mean, there were people standing up ready to go home around me in, in block one, and I thought I might join them. Um, I mean, no, we, we were lucky to get out of that first half at 2-0. Um, Bart made a couple of saves and a couple of last ditch tackles. Um, I, I do want to say, Aaron, I mean, you've you've seen something at Fulham this season, and obviously I've just come down from the Premier League, but um, I think it has to be said the quality of their their speed, their movement, their physicality, um, their use of the ball. Um, I mean, I think Gary Row said we had no answer. I mean, that's putting it mildly. They were very, very good side. Um, n- not helped by the fact we, we allowed them to be that, but they were a good side. You can't really hide from that fact, I feel. I mean,
5: I mean if they don't blitz the league this year, something's quite so, wrong. Yeah. And, and one thing I, I reckon is, I, I reckon they're not even anywhere near top gear. They, they won't kick in yet. But I did some sort of stats researching yesterday. They've had 47 shots in three games. Yeah, like they fired in, and I watched them against Middlesbrough, and they battered Borough, and they were just unlucky because unfortunately they come up against uh, Neil Warnock, and as usual, you know what he's like—you know, great, great, great—and and and they managed to bundle home an equaliser. Obviously, they 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 ripped Huddersfield a new back door on Saturday. They certainly did that five-one uh, at the weekend. Absolutely destroyed Huddersfield, and it could have been something else yesterday, but for Jake Cooper. Fair play, yep. Ballard. I think was decent. The- Ballard,
2: yeah, Ballard, I
5: agree. But, but for me, Jake Cooper. Without Jake Cooper, I mean, look, you can always Mill will miss Hutchinson yesterday so much. They miss Hutchinson anyway. Ballard is is good. Um, I think there's a lot of people sat there going, "Thank fuck, it wasn't Alex." But Alex at the back. <laughs> you know, you know, like it could have been a whole lot worse. They've got a plethora of attacking talent. Alexander Mitrovic knows how to score in that division. You know, they've got wide men who know exactly what they're doing and they're going to be a force this season.
2: It was, it was strange, Michael. I mean, when you and I were talking just before the start of the of the game yesterday and um, chewing the card, passing the time, shooting the breeze, as they say, I was watching the Fulham training routine on the pitch whilst we were talking and it was just a relentless series of crosses back from the byline into the two strikers who were slamming each. I mean, there was no no defense there. They were just practicing, but each one went flying into the net. And I thought, well, let's see you do that when we're out there. Let's see you do that when our defence is out there. And lo and behold, I think that's I how did. both of the goals came. <laughs> but there we are. Um, I mean, is is that is? I mean, quality. I mean, Mitrovic. I mean, Aaron, you just mentioned Mitrovic, and uh, I, I I thought he was a very good strike. I mean, I know he gets under people's skins, as did um, Brereton at the weekend for, for Blackburn but these are the players that we would love in our, so We don't seem to have that. Mm. Do we? we don't have that nasty horrible bastard that's going to get into it.
5: But he, they they paid 20 25 million pounds. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 There no, it is. Yeah. I think
5: yesterday I was listening to to I was watching it on on the telly box and um I firstly I wish I was there. I mean the I sent you guys a a photo like it looked amazing there yesterday and the atmosphere sounded great. Um but uh, you know they were talking about how how the Millwall squad's valued at six million pounds or something like that, and and how the Fulham one is is some crazy one hundred and
2: fifty was it? Yeah, I, I M- Mitrovic
5: is a twenty million pound player. Cavalier is a twenty million pound player. Yeah, you know you all these players have come at massive massive prices. I'm just looking at the Fulham lineup now. Um, you know, just insane money. John Terry is a twenty five million pound midfielder. Although, arguably, the midfielder that really bossed it was was the young lad, Fabio Carvalho, who, who I'll come on to in a bit. He's, he's he was excellent. Player. You know, Cavalier... The
2: 20, 28, year? was he? Which one was yeah, he? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. That
2: was yeah, very effective player. player. Yeah. um
5: You know, Ivan Cavalier down the left, fantastic player. They've got quality all over the pitch. And again, if they're not bossing this league, something is wrong. They've got Alphane Immortal, £20 million defender on the bench. Um, Andre Anguissa is on the bench. He's £25 million midfielder. Joe Bryan, they paid £10 million for. They've got money. Mm.
1: And
5: this is... Yesterday was a real sort of clear showing of billionaire owner versus millionaire owner who Mm. won't pump money in like shardy khan has done to fulham shardy khan's pumped six seven hundred million pounds into fulham in what eight nine years eight nine years
2: and of course they benefit from the premier that's the way football is structured i mean that's a different subject entirely but they there's literally just fallen out of the premier league but very very well rewarded for that um for that that season last year and and, you know that's just how it is we can't do much about that um i mean just michael i'm just going on to the 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 selection last night we've mentioned um ryan leonard and and marlon i mean marlon had a a nightmare an absolute nightmare Mm -hmm. in that first half um don't know what's become of marlon um it looks like he's lost his heart and there might be many reasons for that which um I'm sure the listeners can can draw their own conclusions on perhaps, but um, he's lost his heart. I don't know if he's got much of a future after that performance at the Den. What do, what do you think, Michael?
4: Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't look. Uh, he didn't look all all the light of the races, did he? And this is such a shame for a player who, over so many years, was such a key, such key a part prospect. Of the
2: team. Yeah, you yeah.
4: know, you, you got to remember a few years back. You know, when we went up. Under Neil Harris, and we signed Meredith, and we changed up that back four a little bit. He was on the bench, wasn't he? And a lot of people were saying, like, he's now now out the side, but he, he got back in, um, and then made that space his own again. As you say, there could be reasons off the field wide that he may not want to stick around as much. We know about the was it the West Ham deal a couple of years ago that didn't go through? I'll see them
2: being interested. I mean, it's a, it's a bit like the John Daddy syndrome. I mean. Uh, the performance last night was so woeful I mean team performance I, I mean by this but Marlon was um obviously playing in that right wing back position uh, but he looked so off of, off it one thing I will say in his in in his defense is he at least showed and he at least you know yes he made errors and he was it was, was poor but at least he was giving um some he was he was putting himself about and and to to make the errors um other players i felt rather were anonymous, they hid. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of Jules Saville. Who I didn't see much of um, worth noting last night. Um, Leonard looked a bit bit slow. Um,
4: I, 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 don't, I don't think Leonard touched the ball for the first 20 minutes, did he? And that's, that's not even an exaggeration. I, I, I genuinely forgot at one point that Leonard was even on the pitch. And this was a player last year who was one of our player of the seasons.
5: Arguably. Honestly, at 29 years old, I, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't think this guy's got a future in the championship. I, I really don't think he's got a future in the championship at 29 years of age. And, and I'll tell you why. Millson uh, Sonnen from Sheffield United under Chris Wilder. Yeah, that's Chris right, Wilder, yeah. Chris Wilder's not wrong about players. Chris Wilder's turned League One players into Premier League players. So I look at John Lundstrom, uh, uh, players like that, John Fleck, John Egan. He's turned these players from League One into, into, into real good Premier League players. And he wasn't wrong. And I just don't think Ryan Lennon made the cut. But I think this is typical Millwall syndrome. Tell me someone, what's Murray Wallace still doing at the club? I know everyone loves him. He's great. He's Mount Murray Wallace and he's he's a lovely guy. And if you if it's your birthday, he will send you a message and it's yes, he did.
2: Yeah, he did actually. Yeah. yeah. He did. He's yeah. a lovely yeah. guy. Yeah.
5: He's a lovely guy. But what's he still doing there? You're I right? think with
4: I think with Murray Wallace though, Aaron, and I, and I and I get the point, but I think he He's, he's very much that sort of player. He, he He's like a good pierce, if you get what I mean, in the sense that if you look at the last couple of games against QPR and, remind um, me, QPR, Blackburn, those type of teams who not necessarily would be top of the table. He looks okay. He looks very solid. But it's when you get those real uh, cutting-edge championship teams, as you say, he's just not good enough. So, but my, is, it, I, is I, he I I that disagree.
5: I scoppler? disagree. I think the reason Murray Wallace is there there's one because he's fit most of the time, and two because he can play in multitude of positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah go that's go that's go that's Serge. He's go a go. He's the utility man. He's the man. He's he's the ultimate sort of backer. But I just look at that squad and I think top ten. I know he's trying to build his midfield around around Kiftenbeld, and I told you it's on Kiftenbeld. But where's the creativity coming from in that midfield?
2: Well, there, there, was, there was none last night, Aaron, was there? I mean, there was no creativity. Well,
5: something about Ben Thompson last night. I can't remember in the group, someone mentioned Ben Thompson and said, oh, you know, it'd be good to have Ben Thompson there. I love Ben Thompson. You know you know, I mm. love Ben Thompson. But at 25 years of age, everyone's just sat there waiting for him to come good, aren't they?
2: Well, Ben Thompson is, you know, um, is a very willing... He's a Millwall boy. Um, and he's, he's going to be great in a League One context. But, I mean, we were up against... Um, was it 400-odd Premier League appearances in that Fulham side last night, collectively? Yeah. And, million, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds worth of talent, international quality players, literally internationals. Um, and I think, unfortunately, that the problem that you have is once the... Once the, the Millwall, um, the atmosphere was was dented quite quickly, once the Millwall bluster is is is, is deflated, you're then going to come down to how good are you, how really and physical and how good are you on the ball and what do you do with it? And I think it goes back to your Murray Wallace point. I, I've got a lot of time for Murray. I, I like him, but um, no, is he good enough? No, he's, he's, he's probably, he's a very good League One defender. And I think he'd fit into, he came from Scunthorpe, didn't he? And, you know, that's, it would do a good job, but it's it's you're up against top draw players. And I think that just is what stood out for me so much last night. How good Fulham were and how um deflated we were so quickly. We just didn't bring any spirit, which is your weapon against quality. Mm. Um so very dispiriting overall. Um, I mean, I, I also want to mention. Um, we well, mentioned Dan Ballard already. I, I, I do like the look of Dan Ballard. He's, he's not the finished article, there, Aaron. But he's—you can see a very good defender in there. He's only young. I thought I, he. I
5: think he's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I one thing that Nick, I want to mention. A lot of shit coming out for Joe Wallace today. Yeah. Lot of yeah. Out
2: of Wallace. Yeah.
5: I got to say, for this man who has carried a team. Yeah. In so many places. How many times has he carried a team? How many times has he grabbed the goal when you're like, shit, where's it coming from? When Bod Varson is hitting nothing, when Bradshaw's hitting nothing, when Matt Smith is doing a Matt Smith, Jer Wallace pops up with a goal. You know, he so many times yet. Yeah, I saw people yesterday going, Well, Wallace is shit. And you know, Wallace ain't yeah, you know. Wallace is crap. At the end of the yeah. day, I think that what's gonna creep into people's heads is the fact that he's not signed a new contract yet, and that's his prerogative, let's be fair. It's absolutely
2: his, is absolutely. You know? is. Yeah, well, no, I
5: agree. He's 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 what Jed's what 27, 26? Late 20s,
2: 27?
5: yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he he's got ambitions to play at a high level, and believe me, he wants to play at a high level with mill. He's he I know he wants to play at a high level with Mill, but he can't carry a team every single game. There's it's a long season. Mill will play 50, 60 games a season. It's a long season. He can't carry him every single game. And granted, Fulham came to town and were, were were brilliant, were absolutely brilliant, mate. You see, their their defenders were sat there walking with it at one point, knocking oh, it around on, stopped yeah. the ball dead. He, stood, the defender, I think it was Kenny Tete or or Adariboyer, stopped the ball dead and just stood there and started walking. And I was yeah. like, shit. Yeah, you know, I mentioned the, about
4: that about that point with Jed Wallace. I actually mentioned it halfway through the second half yesterday because our our lack of shape just up front was so evident, but. I think that was partly due to... Jed, Jed didn't have one of his better games, don't get me wrong. But I think it was Jed, as you say there, Aaron, he's the only one who's really that real spark. So Jed feels he has to drop 30 yards to pick a ball up and run with it. Jed feels like he has to be out on the left wing when he's actually playing up front as a two or when he should be like on the right-hand side in a free roll. He was all over the park. And like you say, it's because he just... Because he he feels like he's the only one who can really get it ticking. Um, and it was half to his detriment unfortunately
2: and we were better I mean half time we went in 2-0 down I thought we were lucky to be 2-0 down it should have been more take your pick 3-4 I don't know um, but we changed shape in the second half obviously Marlon was was, was substituted and we went 4-4-2 in the second half and we took gain game to Fulham more without really troubling them I think I do remember a couple of really decent saves by Bart that could have made it 3-4-0 or early on in the second half, and um, but as as we've said already, has saved the day. But at least we looked a little bit more cohesive. And late in the game, I think you know, 75 onwards, we we had some chances. And the goal um was as a result of a, a cross in from the left. Was it was it Scott Malone? Oh no, it's Murray Wallace. Was it? Put, put the put the ball in, headed back by Matt Smith and in off um, Benny Fobe which was great to see. So at least Benny has got the the, uh, the the piano off of his back and scored a goal which hopefully will lead some more but we were never really we never really got laid a glove on them in truth boys and I think that's that's the heartbreaking thing to take out of last night's game the fact that we just weren't near them Achtung. It's odd I mean we're, we're three games into the season and um, as, as we've asked already do we have a crisis a, a, a lot of last night's poor performance comes back to the manager the manager's choices and the manager's decisions the substitutions that weren't made you know and, and you could look at the the games against Blackburn and, and QPR and, and you know sloppiness has given away those two games and just we were just beaten out of out of hand last night this is a big season for Gary Rowett um and so far it's not opened up very well for him I mean I, I know that um I mean Harry's not on this show but um, you know, he's, he's always um, had it in for Gary right, but this, and it's early to be questioning his position. But um, too many more of, 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 of these poor results and the rumbles will start at the Den. There were people last night calling out, um, not, not in a, a polite way about him. So, you know, um, I know it's early and I'm not calling for anything, but that, that will be a factor if this goes on into September for too long.
5: Imagine Chris Wilder at the Den.
2: <laughs> I can imagine, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, uh, it's a difficult, Mill's a difficult club. And I I, I, I don't say that as a cliche, Aaron, because I mean, I've been around it for all of my life. So, you know, um, I, I was just saying off air to Michael when, before um, Aaron joined the call listeners, um, how often is it, um, you know, do you, whenever you see Mill pop up on your morning headlines, is that the athletics just popped up on my phone saying, about Gary Rowett's comments after the game about the knee and all that kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it'd be lovely for it to be for football reasons sometimes. <laughs> that we, we put someone to the sword and on television, on Sky, but it just never seems to happen that way. We're not an easy club to manage. Um, I sometimes think that the, the atmosphere is a double-edged thing. Um, we've had some great atmospheres in each of the games so far and at the start of last night. But unless you give give the crowd the football to go with that, it's 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 um it's a non non starter.
5: I think Nick, you know, a lot was made out of, of of what would happen this summer that there'd be a big clear out and we'd have a load of new players in. But the fact of the matter is, Noah brought in three players on permanent deals, and one of them is a is a, a second choice goalkeeper. Yeah, um, there needs to be more. There needs to. Be, I know there's going to be a lot of players flying around on free transfers, and you know, it's it's like you know that old Spider Man uh, GIF. You know, everyone sort of pointing the gun at each other. Each
2: other, yeah, yeah.
5: This is this is where we're at with football clubs, where he's going. You know, I want X a week. The players going, I want that week. The clubs going, no, we're going to give you that week, and everyone's at a sort of a giant standoff, and and we're going to see a lot of deals being done. In sort of the last two weeks of the window because don't forget the window does close in two weeks
2: but the, the, i mean you, you mentioned chris wilder earlier on who built a reputation at sheffield for taking um rough diamonds and and polishing them up to to be jewels and all that you know and you've mentioned also in other other shows aaron um the work that's being done at luton and, and there'll be other clubs like it around around the leagues um you know that that should be our role. That we we should be a club that takes and polishes and develops players Absolutely. and brings them through. And I I just I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Marlon should be should be first choice, really, given his, his stature. He's not, and you could see why last night because his his he's, his heart seems to have gone for some reason. There's um, a lot of
5: players out like there. If you're at Millwall. You're either fucking top of the world, yeah, or you're your ass.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's that kind of um, bi- bipolar, whatever you want to call it. Um, just I'm just looking at a couple of tweets that I copied from last night. I won't read them all out. There's one there from Jack Sully. He says, we always, we'll always we always fall short of breaking into the top six whilst we have a midfield that cannot retain a football. I mean, Michael, the passing last night was absolutely chronic. We, the number of times we just passed the ball straight into touch against a side that was ruthless in their use of the ball. I mean, I, I still think we were lucky to get out of there alive, let line 2-1. But the, the, yeah. quali- the poor quality was, was stand out.
4: Yeah, I thought that the the actual, yeah, the, the quality, the tactics, nothing was there um, at all. Back, back to the tactics, and I, and I know I sound like a broken record every single time, but when on earth are we going to start playing to Benicafobe's qualities? There was what I counted three, four times that ball was played to his free uh, feature. I say. And three, four times he did something with it. He either laid it out wide mm. or he knocked it back or a ball was played through. The rest of the game, they're being smashed at his head, they're being mispassed. Scott Malone, there was one, there was one where I don't know if you remember Nick, I think it was in the first half, a phobe was screaming for the ball down the line. Malone yeah. completely yeah. ignored it and played into at no space whatsoever. Yeah. And he, he a phobia clearly has talent. You're saying about players as well on on the bench and the depth we mentioned it. You're two nil down against a team like that. I know it's a bit old school and cliche when you say I would, would rather lose ten nil and go for it. But just looking at the bench last night, you had Alex Pierce, okay, McNamara, Evans, Bradshaw, Long, Mitchell and Smith. Why on earth when you are two nil down and chasing a game, do you bring on McNamara and Evans and leave Bradshaw and Mitchell on the pitch on the pitch? You can argue with the quality of these players, but Mitchell certainly, for me, he's good enough to start. Let alone come off off the bench. And if you are chasing a goal, why are you leaving a centre forward on the on the bench?
2: On to Cardiff on Saturday, boys. Um, we're going to have to reshuffle the pack. I can't believe that. Um, the, I mean, Billy Mitchell hasn't seen the the the, uh, the the grass of the field so far this season. Will he start Saturday? I don't know. We are crying out for more. Um, invented this uh, artistry or something I haven't seen Connor Mahoney I thought maybe we might see Connor Mahoney at some point last night was he on the bench I don't know no he wasn't uh, even on the bench wasn't on the bench so is he injured I, you know we, uh, a game where we were being out out muscled requires a player that can actually control the ball and just buy you a, a couple of seconds and get some movement going we, we're not seeing that don't know very depressing nights football that that's for sure um just a couple of messages jim hackett says the speed of ball movement from fulham and the pace of their players that they showed was moving forward was light years ahead of our team he says on a positive note there's a good middle team in that squad they'll come good but will always always lose against top quality championship sides I'm, Maybe that's the, maybe that's where it's all, all going wrong. I don't know. Um, I, I
5: just, one thing that yeah. I'd love to know is what's the plan for the club? Everyone talks about John Berylson and says, yeah, he's a great owner. He's a great owner. And yes, he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, bankrolled the club mm-hmm. in X, Y, and Z. But it just feels like Groundhog Day every year. Over the past, you know, how many years I've been sort of like watching Millwall and, and sort of interacting, what, four years, five years, whatever it is. Mm. It feels like Groundhog Day every year. Every year it's the same old thing. Don't worry, watching the summer, we're gonna do some bits, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Great, 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 great. Um, and then oh well, you know, we're 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 priced out of the market by other clubs. We haven't got the money to compete with other clubs. What is the plan? You know clubs have this sort of identity where they are either selling clubs or they have a director of football or they have someone who's like a head of recruitment, i.e. Luton. They're getting better quality players. You know, this is the most ambitious you know, window they've had in years and they pu- they'll pull off results this year. Believe me, they'll pull off results this year. Well it was what what are we going for? Are we gonna go for a Barnsley style Continental? Because right now it feels like there's a blank canvas at middle Everyone's going round and round. The, the the machine's turning, but there's no sort of end product. And and we're sat here going first half of the season, yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great playoffs, blah blah blah, and then bang, we'll be lucky if we finish 10th. Lucky finish 11. Don't forget last year, they finished 11th the year before they finish eighth that's a drop that's a slack
2: yeah it, it, it's it, it, probably an improvement yeah yeah i i, I agree i mean it was, it was interesting just on that point of what kind of club are we um it's probably been the the question at the heart of being a Millwall fan i mean i i, I, I as, as a long-term fan i'd say the first 50 years are the hardest as, as a Millwall fan you know what kind of club are we uh, We, 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 we are a a club that is built on a high adrenaline and big nights, but you know, that, that, that doesn't seem to sustain itself too often over, over the course of a league season. I was listening to your podcast, Aaron, the 72 show, which is very good listeners. You should tune into it. And I was listening to, to Jed and uh, Lyle Taylor, who I think comes over very, very well on, on that show. Um, but it's really interesting to listen to Jed talking about Fred, who's now I think at Luton and is developing. I think he scored the other day in, in the show. He,
5: he looks, unbelievable. looks unbelievable.
2: There, there. And Jed said something similar about how he was like pound for pound, one of the best players he's played with. Well, you wouldn't know that because, um, unfortunately, for, for many, many reasons, players succeed or fail in the Millwall Arena. Some succeed some, uh, succeed big time. I think Jed succeeded big time in the Mill Arena. Um, but some, some good talent, and I can think of quite a few over time, that include um Fred, who I thought was quite talented but didn't show it enough at Millwall. Um, but i can also think back to Lewis Graben and you know many others over over history that have just um wilted and 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 um faded away in the Millwall atmosphere that has and then they've gone to other places and, and done better. And it's going to be interesting to see how a small club like Luton, that's I don't mean that disparagingly, because we're a small club too, but it sounds like they've they've really done a lot of good work and they have a vision. Which we are, oh, I don't, I, I don't know. Don't know. It's not love there, to is it?
5: Know what John Berylson's vision for the club is like? What is his? What is his idea? I mean, you were you were there, Saturday. did you hear his speech, Nick?
2: I I, I it. I mean, the sound was quite distorted at where I was, um, so I kind of heard it without following it. If that makes any kind of sense to listeners, because it was actually quite hard. I mean, I the, I edited bits out of it because it was so distorted that I couldn't play it on the podcast. I've got bits of it. And the microphone I had wasn't really as good as I would have wanted it to be on Saturday. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, he's a very genuine bloke, John. and he, You know, he's 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 saved the club and he's put a lot of his own money into it. And, you know, no one should ever think anything other than he's won their best ever chairman. Absolutely. I, I don't know that it's, I don't know that we are a platform for me. I, th- I think we're probably a League One Championship shuttle club. I'd
5: love to know, what's he getting from this?
2: I think. What do you think, Michael? I'm, I'm, I'm prattling on. What do you think? Well, well, John, Bereson, it's,
3: it's
4: a re- it's a really tough one, really, really tough one, and where we are because I know I said it half tongue in cheek at the start of the show, but I've always said it's all. You know, if you're a Millwall fan, and you're in a championship. You tend to be in the bottom half of the table. If you're in League One, you tend to be at the top. So it is never boring when you're a Millwall fan. You've always got something to play for. But it's but it, it's it's it, it's like. Like to, to quote what Harry says, would would we be happy with that sort of like he always says about it, does about that gamble, have that one year gamble where you go for it? John Berrelson's a fantastic chairman, he keeps the club afloat. But mm. I think Aaron, as you say, will always just be afloat. And that's not knocking John Berrelson, because if you look at clubs like Berry, Bolton, um, Portsmouth nearly a few years back when they nearly went under, you'd rather have a football club to support the one that becomes an AFC Phoenix back down in the lower leagues and has to rebuild. Mm. But, but then, as you say, would you be happy with that? Because if that's what you want, and with all due respect to the fans last night and those on social media, I was one of them quite vocal, you can't be disappointed with last night's result then, because that is where you are. That is your expectation. Your expectation is you survive in the championship. So when a team like Fulham comes up and turns you over... You can't really complain. This is a question for the listeners. We've got that voicemail number. Would you would you want would you want to see a bit more intention from from John Berylston? I, I, I'd, I'd, as ridiculous. It sounds. I'd like it to happen, and we stay obviously solvent. You know, I don't want us to see us spend one hundred, two hundred, three hundred million pound that we haven't got.
2: No, we don't have um, that. I think I wonder.
4: So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real, it's I a real it's, point. I don't
5: think it's about that. I think it's a case of what one is. How much, what is John Berylson getting out of this club? What is he making? Like,
2: making nothing if he, he's, he's not going very, out. Very little, so with anything. What, what,
5: what is, okay, so my question is this. If John Berrelson's making nothing, how much is he putting into the club every year? One. Two, is this equity or is it a loan? Is it a loan with interest? What? What is it? Three, how does he anticipate to make his money back? You know?
2: I think, um, I mean, I, I I am not a financial, I'm not an accountant and I have no background in it. So I'm gonna probably sound um, like, I don't know what I'm talking about, which is a part of my life today, listeners. But anyway, um, I think he's, I think as I understand it, John has um, bought shares, which have now become so, you know, the, the shares in the club are effectively a loan. If, if that makes sense, he buys shares and keeps mm. it keeps um, it. How much did you put in? I would. I don't know the figures, and I've got nothing in front of me, so I'm speaking off the top of my head. I, I think we run at a loss, and he well, I'm,
5: at, I'm I'm on on the accounts right now.
2: You're on it, okay? I'm so, does not does
5: what he put in cover the loss every year? Yeah, it's, it's it picks up the, the loss. Year end 2020, uh, the club made a loss of nine point six million pounds.
2: So that's kind of the figure that he's been putting in to to cover us, so that we are solvent, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So
5: what okay what i i'm trying to work out is what's the method of him going right i'm gonna make some money we're gonna sell these players we're gonna buy cheap sell i like x y z you know i i i'm i'm trying to work it out
2: well i think the the aim of the the when we had the campaign to um fight off lewisham council a couple of years ago now that's like three or four years ago now that the, as I understand it, there was an intention for the land, the car park, and the, our bit of land, our being Millwall, um, to be redeveloped, which would benefit the club and produce a form of income to the club that would enable it to become more sustainable, so that John isn't putting his hand in his pocket, um, so to speak, to, to fund these losses. Um, so that, And then that was going to be taken away from us, Lewisham, we're going to you know, say no, that's going to go to the developer rather than Millwall Football Club, that land. And that led on to the to the to the battle, which um we were we were fortunate to 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 prevail in, thankfully, thanks to a lot of people's efforts. Um as far as whether that would have sustained us to a point where we could progress on much, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not an accountant. That was always the um, that was the official line, so that's what we—that's what we fought and battled to try to, to get to. Now, since I know we've had COVID, and um, you know that's 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 been an extraordinary period in everyone's lives. But you know, nothing's happening on that on that redevelopment. I mean, there's plenty of building going on in London. You boys will see the same city that I do when I drive around, and where I live, it's cranes are plenty on on the in the docklands. So I, I don't know what's become of the. Area wide development that was called New Bermondsey, which would have included our car park. At the moment, it's still being used as a car park. So, there's, there's are not really...
5: you talking about the main car park or the one at, down the end of Bellina Road on the left?
2: Our, our car park, the, the one outside the. the main uh, car
5: park.
2: Yeah, that, 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 that's the boundary of the Millwall Stadium um, lease um, around, and, and the, the stadium sits in its own area, but that, and that, that that's the leased land. That was what was going to be taken away from Millwall and, and passed over to uh, Renewal, which is the. The uh, the developer of the wider area of, of South Burma. So they've they've big grand plans for the whole area to be rebuilt with all the, exactly the same kinds of big blocks of flats you see everywhere from Woolwich to to on our side of the river now over at North Woolwich and all round the, the, the docks the, loads and loads of blocks of flats with retail units on the on the basement on the ground floor and basement. Um, but that hasn't started. So, I, I mean, I, I would have answered your question, long-winded reply, Aaron. But I would have thought the the John's method of getting some money back would have been that property development um, of the area, with with Millwall being part of that. But I have no desire for it to con- to proceed. To be quite honest with listeners, but it hasn't started. No one. There's not even a shovel on site. So I, I, I don't know. Um, it's it's a very good question. I'm not sure that. I have an answer for and i don't know if anyone else would have an answer for that's that.
4: where that's where as well nick I, I, isn't it i believe that part of the deal I, I could be wrong so this is just my just what i what i think is, is isn't part of the deal that we're going to be either working with renewal or
2: yeah that was how, how it finished up with renewal. Yeah.
4: yeah so so it's like you say it's not as if we're quiet but Renewal and Lewisham Council, unless it's all behind the scenes, we don't know, we're asking what's going on. But there doesn't even seem to be anything from them either, does there?
2: No, no, it's, it's, it's gone very, very quiet. I mean, there's not anything that I've seen going on around the whole area. I mean, everything is, everything in South Burmese looks exactly as it did 20 years ago still. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a very strange story, given the, the amount of time and effort that was put into I, I mean, fighting it. Of,
5: I look at it. AFL Architects have got the Den uh, redevelopment
2: yeah, on, yeah. on their
5: website, and I'm just sat there going, "What drugs is someone smoking?"
2: That's, that's, that's what ready for drugs A- are you.
5: You smoking? We're, you- yeah, <laughs> we're going to bump the crowd up to thirty-four thousand. Yeah, when we play Cambridge in what, next week in the, in the European country, Super League, league. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If we play Cambridge in the European Super League. There'll be two thousand. Like,
2: I don't know. I don't know.
5: Is I I don't and these are the people who have done, you know, the main stadium Qatar. They're doing one in Russia. It's great. So someone's actually taken it and I, and they've probably been paid handsomely. This AFL, whoever they are, you know, and it looks stunning. It looks like a, a Brighton model too. What what is this all about? Like I don't know. I'm I not, don't understand this whole thing, and I I I don't understand where this club's sort of what the ambition. From the club is because effectively you look at everyone else and again i'm probably repeating myself from last year i'd like to think everyone else bar Derby, the
2: basket maybe, case yeah yeah
5: Derby yeah. and huddersfield maybe bar Derby huddersfield and forest because they haven't bought anyone they've all improved they've yeah. all improved they've all looked to improve their squad and quite of melville have improved slightly but they haven't improved massively
2: We've improved on on we've improved on paper. I, I think that much is whether it's enough is another question. i I, I take that yeah. point. i
4: think I think we're I think we're now very uh, Mill Mil- Mil- always used to be a tough team, so to, like, it was always a cliche when it going down to the dens a tough place. I know Fulham proved that wrong yesterday, but it was always difficult to go to the den and get it. I think that defensively, after the games against qPR and um as I said earlier on QPR, uh, Blackburn and the fact we had about, what, 20,000 draws last season shows that we are a very tricky side to beat. But it's like you say, Aaron, we no longer need to improve defensively. We've been good defensively for a few years now. Our biggest problem is up front. Now, I know he's a little bit older, but what did I say in our in our group chat yesterday when Darby? How, how a Derby, who have basically got wage caps, money problems, are they allowed, not allowed, but how have they managed to sign a player like Bulldog on a free? Why did we not think... Well, we, we'll go in for him. I know we might be 31, 32. You, wages?
2: Okay, I don't know. I don't know. We, we must have that. Yeah, but, yeah
4: but, Nick, if, but Nick, if Derby are on a kind of... I, I don't know what it is, but if Derby haven't got a pot to piss in, how can they afford his wages?
5: I don't know. Is it because... I... I, I, I with, with Bulldog, Michael, I just think he'd be sort of the same as what they've got. He's a striker with who's not prolific, if you like. Yes, yeah. he's a striker. Yes, he's someone fresh. But he's not prolific. I think they probably thought shit. He's basically the same. I think just looking at his last few championship campaigns, last season he played twenty three games, didn't score a goal. Season before he scored six. Season before, season before, uh, before he scored five um, for Brighton. He got twenty and ninety four games. I think they probably just thought shit. It's you're throwing money at the same thing. Basically, I don't know. That's just my opinion. My
2: my guess. It's a good question. Possibly. I mean, Possibly. yeah. I mean, your question: Where's the club going? Out? I don't know. I mean, it's probably going the same direction it's always gone in, which is, you know, a kind of a, a a big day club, but not one that's going to make sustain itself over the course of forty-six games of a, of a, of a whether it's league one season or, or championship. We, we always seem to have our big moments, but it's the sustaining of a league campaign that's that's the hard part because it requires depth, depth of mm. squad.
4: I, which, I, do you know, I think we struggle think if with. we was if we was to challenge. And we was to go up. And and, and I, I I used them as an example. Uh, fair enough, you know, I don't like their manager at the time when they did, but I always like to use the example of Blackpool. You know, they sort of went up to the Premier League, stayed up there for a season, had a bit of a jolly up and then they went back down. You know, that, that sort of made will want to do it in the sense that you don't want to lose your identity. You don't want to become one of these teams who go up and then you change what you are. But... It wouldn't surprise me, Aaron, you say, like, what's the strategy with, with Berylson? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the strategy on the field is is we try and sneak into that sixth place like, like Blackpool do or these sort of like lower division teams where they, at the last minute on the last day, somehow crack it into the playoffs and then they use that momentum and crowd to get them up because we're certainly, certainly not good enough to even crack into the top 10 at the moment, let alone stay in the top six all season.
2: Depressing stuff, chaps. Depressing stuff. Listeners, I'm going to close us with um a tweet that I picked up from Jane Jacob. Big shout out to Jane. Um, she makes a very good point that it's taken just two weeks for the team to get booed off the pitch after people were not allowed in the den for 18 months. Quite some achievement, <laughs> she says. <laughs> I think it's a very good point and a very good way to uh to, to leave the conversation. Big thank you to Aaron for joining us out of your working day. Thank you, mate.
5: Cheers, mate. Don't forget Five Live Sport tonight, Wednesday, the 18th of August, 7-10, around the grounds with myself, uh, I've got Andy Reid, and I've got someone else with me. I can't remember who that person is, but I've got someone else. It's going to be someone right. good. I've got Scott Minto. I've got Scott Minto. Scott Minto. Okay. Scott Minto, Andy Reid. Oh, uh, I do um uh, Tonight on Five Live Sport, and then Seventy Two Plus is out Friday during the day. Or if you want to listen to it early, we're doing it like Hollyoaks—you know, they give the preview—but <laughs> then you can go and watch the other episode. So Thursday night, I think we're on at half past nine on Five Live, and then uh we are on Sounds from Friday lunchtime.
2: So All we- good stuff. Yeah, the the Seventy Two has the Nick Hart seal of recommendation on it, like nice a royal, like a royal seal by order of uh, appointment to Nick Hart. Big thank you to Michael Avery for joining us during a working day Michael, thank you mate. Indeed
4: I am and then it's off to the Erif Derby tonight Oh, Parkview Road
2: Erif and Belvedere versus Erif Town Um, Get along now I'm going to try and get this out ASAP so if you have five minutes, get yourself down to the game tonight Why not?
4: And 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 Millwall fans as well um, if you can, jump in that time machine because Dave Martin's left Erif and Melvedere already
2: Lovely stuff Onwards to Cardiff, everybody. Um, I'll be hopefully getting some kind of show together after the Cardiff game on Saturday. I can't go down there, but I'm hoping that our own dear Skalak will be there. So anyway, we'll see. Um, see you all the weekend. Thank you for listening and dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Ask Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please go over to Apple Podcasts
0: and leave us a cheap
7: little Arriva Dirty
3: Millwall. Till next time.
4: Who do you want to watch?
6: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.